0: Sona, this was a very nice day today. It was. Because uh, over here at our headquarters, we got this great gift, Tillamook ice cream. I'm a monster for ice cream. I know you are too.
1: I want to take a bath in it and then I want to eat eat the eye in the eat the bath Wait, what? I want to like bathe in it, yeah. but then I want to eat it as I'm bathing
0: Yeah, it. yeah, that's a simple concept. You made it much more complicated. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> Fill a bathtub with Tillamook ice cream. I will get in it and then I will eat my way out. Yes, that's all okay, you need to do. okay. There we go.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah, they yeah. They have
0: so many great it's such good ice cream and they have so many great flavors. I mean, just off the top of my head, I I don't know. Birthday cake, caramel swirl, banana split, caramel toffee crunch, chocolate chip, chocolate, chocolate chip cookie <laughs> dough. I think there's butter pecan, cookies and cream, french vanilla, with chocolate peanut butter. Malted moose shake, I think, is one. I can't remember too well. Mounted huckleberry, Tillamook mudslide, Marionberry pie, monster cookie, old-fashioned vanilla, Rocky Road, Oregon dark cherry, waffle cone swirl, peppermint bark. I'm, I don't, I'm just going off memory here. But <laughs> holiday sugar cookie, orange and cream. Anyway, so many great <laughs> flavors. And uh, just incredible. You know, they they really put, and they come in family-sized cartons. Mm. Also, you're in good hands with the Tillamook brand. They make over 200 different dairy products and the brand is farmer-owned and led by dairy experts. Find Tillamook ice cream near you at Tillamook.com. I'm gonna spell it for you. That's how much I care about this product. T-I-L-L-A-M-O-O-K.com. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by McDonald's. Not sure you've heard of them. <laughs> Up and coming uh, little restaurant, but they're making it. They're the little engine that could. You know, the moment of bliss when you spot your fries being scooped into the carton and suddenly time slows down. I have that all the time. I love their fries. Oh. Yes. McDonald's fries hit different when they're free. That's another thing I'll tell you. And when they belong to your friends, there's no better feeling than thinking you're out of fries and then you discover extra fries at the bottom of your bag or else my son still hasn't finished his fries and I'm done with mine. And-
2: And I feel fantastic about being Conan O'Brien's friend.
3: Farley's here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walk in blues, climb the fence, books and pens. I can tell that we are gonna be
4: friends. Yes, I can tell that we are gonna be friends.
0: Hello and welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. We have a wonderful show planned today. In fact, very much looking forward to talking to our guest. And I have a feeling that this gentleman and I have so much to talk about that we will go on for quite a while. So I think, you know, we can do our normal babble up front. But I don't think we should get crazy because I want to leave plenty of room for Mr. Rogan. Uh, Sona, how are you?
1: I'm, I'm doing well.
0: What, what's what's wrong? You uh, that you spoke was that, like, that
1: was weird. Yeah, I that was it. really
0: weird. You spoke like a hostage who had just been handed the phone.
1: I know. I don't know? know why. I Tell did him. That. Tell him you're
3: alive. Tell him.
1: Honestly, I'm, when, I'm when fine.
3: Blink if you're okay.
1: When you ask me a simple question like that, I I freeze. But I'm okay. I'm good. I'm doing fine. I'm fine. It's cool. Everything's yeah. good.
0: I'm okay. calm. I don't uh, know
1: why I get so
0: Matt Matt Gorley. How are you? I'm good. I'm keeping it tight. I'm good.
1: Well, no, you don't Keep it to, tight.
3: Keep it tight. Don't talk to me, keep going, okay. keep going.
0: No, 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 we're not in that big a rush. I mean, I, oh, I, I okay. wanna make sure we leave room. Oh. Because I, 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 I read his book and there's a lot to say and he has so many funny anecdotes, but um, I really cherish the time I have with you guys up front. You yeah. know, it doesn't, who says that talking to an incredibly funny writer, oh. uh, comedian, oh, uh, actor, yeah. producer mm-hmm. is gonna be better than uh, a chat with, with you guys? Okay. There's no rule that says his will be superior to what you guys come up with right now. What you got?
3: Well, we've already heard the interview, and it is superior. So. I
1: know. We just recorded it. I don't. Yeah. You're making it's it really sound good. very mysterious, but we yeah. already did it. And so it's great. the jig is up. Yeah. You
0: denied my reality. Yes, we have. <laughs> well, that's terrible. That's bad show business, and it's bad improv. It is. You can't just deny someone's reality. I set up. Yes, we did the interview first with uh, Seth Rogan, and it's really fun. I just had a joy doing it and it was wonderful. And you can't say I had a joy doing it. That doesn't work that way. it's weird. It was (laughs) joyous talking to you, but you can't say I had a joy (laughs) Uh, unless I had an almond joy. Yes, I ate an almond joy as I spoke to Seth Rogan and it was wonderful. So I had a joy doing it, but um, it went long. And I was just gonna try and act like Seth's standing by, ready to talk and build up the momentum. But the fact that you guys just blew it and it's, said, I've already talked to Seth, it, it takes away all the excitement of, yes, that Seth is waiting in the wings and I'm gonna bring him out. What I if, think the listeners know. Yeah. I don't think they do. I think the listener, our job is to almost like magicians create a, a different reality. and 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 we suspend their disbelief. And I think they believe that Seth is standing by and right now he's going to step in and talk to me and there's like an electricity in the air that you've that I felt for years before people would come out pre-COVID, you know? And now you guys have, you've taken that suspense away.
1: You want people to think that we make the guests wait while we... Talk complete nonsense in the beginning of these podcasts, and some of which goes on for like twenty minutes.
3: Yeah, even longer, possibly. Yeah, and you right. think You
1: want people to think we kept like Michelle Obama, yes, or Hillary Listening, Clinton. Of course, you know why? Listening to because, the- because
0: because 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 the implication is that that's how big a star I am. Oh, that God, I can come just on. babble uh, nonsense about whatever comes to mind and we can have these purely ridiculous conversations. And while that's happening, a former first lady is waiting, waiting patiently to come and speak to me. Because that's the weight that I carry in this business. Yeah. That's the illusion I want to create. But you just said, no, the rabbit came out through a trap door in the bottom of the hat.
3: We can recreate this. We can say Laura Bush is waiting right now, and she's not even scheduled to be on the yeah. episode. She's just hoping to get on. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: We want people to believe that Laura Bush can't get on the podcast and is desperately trying. She's yeah, on come on, go with like this. Yeah. yeah, she has a Netflix special that she wants to promote—a stand-up special where she just kills it, and she can't wait to get on and promote it. <laughs> yeah, Conan O'Brien needs a friend. All no, these no
1: People have nothing better to do except just listen to the three of us babble.
0: But I think we should start saying things like, "Look, I know Seth Rogan's a big deal. He's very successful. I'm not ready to bring him out just yet. Hang on, Seth. Just hang on. You know." It occurred to me the other day that what is acne? You know, and then whatever I can, <laughs> what is it really? What's God trying to say with acne? I mean, what is that all about? If he takes a life, well, we understand, but what acne, that's just irritating, you know? And I could do like a 20 minute free form jazz comedic riff that Seth Rogen has to wait.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah, let's do it. I think that's pretty cool. I'll definitely take all that stuff out about us knowing that he's not here. Yeah. So set no, it no. up. You definitely no, I will. I definitely will. I def I promise. Well,
0: you know what? I trust you. You're a trustworthy guy. Thank you. So, Gosh, I
1: hope this interview is going to be real good.
0: You know what? I have a feeling Seth Rogan always delivers. He's been waiting patiently. <laughs> uh I am recording this from home. He is sitting on the edge of my bed. <laughs> just, just staring at he you. He is smoking uh the largest, well, I call it a jazz cigarette. <laughs> you might know it as uh, a <laughs> Marijuana cigarette.
1: Oh my <laughs> god! What just happened to you? <laughs>
3: he just left. Did you notice, Seth? He's trying to leave. Seth, come
0: on, come on, Seth. Okay, I'm sorry. Come on back. He's coming over now. He's coming oh, over. Assaulted cool. cool. his culture, Seth. Please, I'm, so I'm ready excited now.
1: Excited to talk to him and hear about uh, the things he has to say.
0: Well, you should be. So you i know, my cool guest today as a. Like so no, sorry, please. you're overdoing oh it. You're overplaying your hand.
1: Please. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm please. done. I'm done. Yeah. Are
0: okay. you really? Didn't think so. Yeah, you're never done, done when you say you are my guest today as a. Well, we
3: kept it tight.
0: Nicely done. (laughs) You always slip the knife in at the last second. My guest today is a hilarious actor, comedian, and writer who has starred in such movies as Superbad, Knocked Up, Pineapple Express, and Neighbors. He now has a new book. It's called Yearbook and it's available tomorrow. It uh, is a very entertaining look at this gentleman's life. Uh, It's packed with good stuff. I'm thrilled. Uh, he's with us and he's coming into the room right now. Have a seat. Thank you. Seth Rogan, welcome. I think of you often, Seth, because you did a very nice thing, which is um, you came and appeared when I was doing a big tour across the US. You kindly uh, agreed to come on and make a live appearance because we were in your your hometown of Vancouver and you took this Black and white photograph backstage. Yeah, it's my favorite showbiz photo oh, that anyone's amazing. ever taken of me. That's amazing. It's me on stage, and you can see the whole crowd. And I'm wearing a leather bodysuit <laughs> that was meant to be what Eddie Murphy wore in Raw. And um, and so if you don't know the context, it looks like I've just lost my mind. Like it, I'm it, not,
2: but it looks like it's going well.
0: No, it, it's a sold out house. It's a beautiful oh, venue. Oh, it, it's yeah. a beautiful venue in Vancouver. It's this beautiful black and white. And I'm there holding a mic uh, with this uh, this bodysuit zipped down to like my groin. And I'm standing on stage like a, like some kind of panther animal just prowling the stage. And you took this photograph and you sent it to me and I framed it. And then I thought, wait a minute. And I would tell people, Seth Rogen took this photo. And they'd be like, yeah, maybe. I, maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. So I sent it to you and asked you if you would sign it. Yeah. And you signed it and sent it back to me. And it's one of my uh, favorite possessions. That's I so love lovely it.
2: to hear. Uh, yeah, thank you. I'm glad you enjoy it. It's, uh, I, uh, it was a pleasure to take.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it's just one of those things that, uh, you know, my wife has wondered, why is it in our front hall, in our house? <laughs>
4: Uh, I hung
0: it over a picture of our children, uh, <laughs> just
2: literally over
0: in front of. Yes, yeah, of on top of, and and, and yeah, it is, it's it's and I say, look, if anyone wants to investigate the photo underneath, there's,
2: there's more underneath. But yeah, you need to they can see those. that if they yeah. want. Uh, I I have a copy of the same picture, and it's up on the wall. I think in my office somewhere, like oh, uh, somewhere. In our, oh, yeah. great, no, somewhere. I mean, I, yeah, it's sure, prominently yeah. featured in our office. You
0: know though. what I would do instantly is I would see where it was in your office and I would immediately start calculating, uh, oh, there's a picture of Sandler that's larger.
2: <laughs> Who has more and, prominent photos. <laughs> yes, and much much
0: closer and, and in, a, in a larger venue... And, uh, you know, why is David Spade even uh, uh, closer to the
2: action than my photo? I've had filmmakers shamelessly, uh, like, tell, like, uh, in a way that still is shocking. Like, we'll, we'll be at my house. F- like, I've had a, you know, not that many parties, but sometimes, like, I'll have one and a filmmaker will come over and be like, you have my movie on DVD. And I'm like, you're looking like that's a thing you do when you go to people's houses. <laughs> oh, I'm, it's,
3: it's
0: amazing uh, how sensitive uh-huh. I mean, you and I. I both came from worlds very far from show business, but the idea that I would finally get into show business and realize that people are just as thin-skinned and as (laughs) neurotic as I am, people I idolize. Oh yeah. People who have proven themselves a million times over Uh are, I mean, at at the late night show, we had this all the time. We had celebrities come and they they would look around and they would see that their picture wasn't up. And they would ask me, you. They would come up to hey, me hey, and go thank like, "You're the one." Yeah, and i must, and I used to say like, "Oh, I don't really know much about that," but that didn't help because what I more or less said was, "That's up to someone whose job it is to gauge where you are in show business, <laughs> exactly." And, and, it, and of course, that this just is made based it based on actual rankings. Yeah, this is not my <laughs> personal thing. This oh, it's was, not me. This is based on is where you stand in show business now. Now, don't get me wrong. Eight years ago, you'd yeah, have been near. You were uh, up there. Yeah, you were there. You were there, and then you know what happened. And yeah. Uh, you four years ago, there. we took you down. Yeah. You know, you can't yeah. still be up there after what happened. So <laughs> no. it's
2: uh, Yeah, I'm, I'd be lying <laughs> if I haven't stalked the halls of a place or two, eyeing my phone and see, seeing, where my, seeing if I made the cut. But I don't expect it. I don't expect to be there. <laughs> That's good. You're a humble man. And I do, yeah. And like some famous people like, are exactly how you think they're going to be, and some are uh, like regular people, you know, and some are nothing not at all what you think they're going to be. This they, gets they, me
0: right into, uh, I'll start with uh-huh. a, a compliment I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed your book they got me a oh wow electronic copy amazing <laughs> and um and I'm going to be honest with you I've been sent electric uh, uh, copies of other people's books ahead of time and I haven't looked at them <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you I've I've said like a kid in 8th grade I thought Faulkner really nailed it in this (laughs) short story, and I didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, I really liked the part that took place in the South. Um, Yes, exactly. (laughs) He he nailed that. (laughs) He nailed that southern part, and uh, you know, I was curious about your book, and they got it for me, and I was genuinely curious about how does a Seth Rogen come about because you are a very unique comedic voice and and I mean that in the, as only praise. You oh, really yeah. are, and been, I only and take. Been,
2: only, I, I take everything as praise, regardless. <laughs> <laughs> regardless of that's, how it's intended. One of the benefits of
0: a lot of marijuana <laughs> exactly. is just you take everything I, 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 as praise. I literally,
2: just hear what I want to hear. Yeah. yeah. No, I remember many.
0: I've encountered you in Los Angeles several times, and I've just lit into you. And yeah, say, exactly. You <laughs> motherfucker, you, you, fucking uh, asshole. you know, and, and you just you smile and you Thank say you so thanks. Much. I like <laughs> your work too. <laughs> so good to see you. <laughs> it's a Shorted reality. <laughs> Lovely. <really. laughs> I've, I've sued you several times and oh, you've yeah. responded with the <laughs> kindest <laughs> notes. The
2: nicest word. Thank you. I appreciate all those times.
0: <laughs> um, what I love about your book is that you, right up front, you say, look, I'm telling what happened and it's going to involve some famous people. There's going to be some awkward encounters when this book comes out. And- what you describe is the reason I haven't written a book yet. <laughs> because and I've sometimes thought that if I ever wrote a book, I would seriously call it I Waited For Them to Die.
2: <laughs> I did I did not. These are people I will hundred percent. I
0: know I'm, re- <laughs> yeah. I'm reading the book. And this is what this is what really uh, first of all, you're obviously a very funny writer. I didn't realize you you started stand up that young yeah. and, and writing jokes. Uh, for a moil For a moil, uh, yeah For a moil A guy whose job is to remove the foreskin Surgically at a Jewish sacred voice. Jewish yeah. ritual The bris You were hide, hired by a moil To write jokes for him And yeah. you did When I did So
2: Because I was like four, four, 14 Or 15 <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yes, and then <laughs> the moil, you, you said, you have to pay me $500 for these jokes, and you're like, 15, 16, something, yep. and he he, was, he didn't like all the jokes, so he said, maybe I'll pay you 300, and you're like, no, I want all the $500, and you stood up to this moil <laughs> in Vancouver, <laughs> And you had the meeting in like a Lamborghini sports car. So this is just, I'm giving people a small taste (laughs) of these fantastic stories that you tell, which are really fun. But the Moyle, I don't care his name. You go on to talk about, telling stories about like Nicolas Cage, which
2: are fantastic. But you're going to hear from Nicholas Cage. Oh yes, I will. I, I'm used to. I mean, I've, I've, I'm used to. i from your. I've probably. i I'm used to hearing from famous people. I guess to some degree, I've done it because I have a hard time, and it is. It's an awkward thing to reconcile being someone who likes to be honest and who likes to um, tell stories that they find interesting and that they genuinely feel other people will find interesting and um, and that likes to mine from their own life. And there was a point, yeah, where I'm like, oh, no, like a lot of the things that are happening to me involve these other very famous people because that is the life I lead. And. And so, but I guess I've experienced in the past where I have told in the, I have told stories about other famous people on talk shows and I do hear from them and I have made jokes because also in our films, we make a lot of jokes about uh, famous people and we're highly like referential to pop culture in our films. And I've also been told uh, to my face uh, by some of those famous people that they really don't like it. Um, Yeah. But but I, and the truth is- Now, can I just quickly ask you,
0: how does that make you feel- in that moment because i've had this i've had this happen many times and yes. I, I, what happens is i
2: immediately go into a shame spiral for sure uh yeah and i think that it's something that uh i tried in the book i tried not to be mean to people that I genuinely didn't. Like I tried to be candid, but not derogatory. In a way that I wouldn't be jokingly derogatory, I guess, in like any other kind of like mm-hmm. a talk show type setting, I guess you right, would say. Right. You know? Um but yeah, I'm a hundred percent sure I'll yeah, someday I'll have a very awkward interaction with Nicholas Cage, but I've already had a few, so I'll just add it to the list. And, uh, yeah, that's.
0: But, you know what I love is you tell this story. I don't. Uh, you can stop me at any point and say, "Oh, don't give that away." No, I don't care.
2: The- I I don't know how to promote a book. Just tell. Uh, just tell. <laughs> well, you I- tell this really funny story of having
0: this very awkward meeting with Nick Cage. Nick Cage, who you had met once before, and he basically only has the meeting so he can accuse you basically you helped rip him off. And it's the only reason he asked for the meeting is to tell you to your face, you rip me off and then storms out of the restaurant. Yeah. It's insane.
2: It's madness. It it was more, it's madness. It it was more of a question, a pointed question that, that did, did we rip him off? But yeah, that was, he had auditioned, not auditioned, he was going to be in the green Hornet and he had done a character that was like, uh, yeah, a a, a bohemian man. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, it did, and he performed it for us, and and it was it was startling, and, and and thank God our reaction I think was so negative to it because just the idea of Nicholas Cage as a white bohemian man in the, or but, but not bohemian bohemian, bohemian. bohemian. Saying you're, <laughs> you're saying bohemian oh, yeah. the reason and
0: everyone's thinking what's wrong with him doing a bohemian the character is, it, this is the problem it was, yeah it's a, it like, was and, a, that's uh, the,
2: and that's the problem it actually when they first pitched it to me I thought it was bohemian and in my head, I was like, "That's okay." It was Bahamian. It was uh like our uh he uh, he pitched it as a white Jamaican man was yes. uh was the idea. Yes, yes. Um, To which we were like, "I don't think that's a I I I we would rather not do that." I think ultimately. Um, right. to which we were kind of told, "See him do it. Uh, watch. Let's hear. Let's see it. Um, to, and we did, and we did not." Love it. And it was, it just didn't seem like it would work. And in this
0: moment that you described so well, Nick Cage is doing something that you learn very quickly that A-list celebrities, powerful people are used to, powerful people are used to, when they do something, they get adulation immediately from everyone around them. So you know that Nick Cage has been doing this uh, Caribbean Bahamian accent for people. Everyone's just been (laughs) crying and saying, this is fantastic. Then he encounters you and you're (laughs) the first person Who's looking at it?
2: No, just saying, I yeah. didn't like it. I couldn't, and I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't pretend I liked it. And, and right, and and then at that, so then we were all supposed to have dinner, and he left right away. <laughs> right. Um, right, he is. And I get why it was uncomfortable. It wasn't like it's one of those situations, though. And to his credit, it's one of those situations. You're like, I wish I could just leave this, but I can't. He mm-hmm. did. Like it's like if you're, it's like if you're at the beginning of a long meal, and you're like, well, I can't just get up and Leave like that would be. You can't just do that. I think you I to can if you are Nick Cage. If you are Nick Cage, the answer is like no. You can just get up and go. And he literally <laughs> just he got on a flaming motorcycle, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> his head
0: turned into a skull, and he drove away.
2: Uh, he he just <laughs> got up and left. And I do remember thinking like wow, I didn't do like my whole life. I didn't know that was an option. I could just leave an awkward situation. <laughs> yes, you can if, if, I, if I don't want to be in it anymore. Um. So yeah, then years later, yeah, there is a movie that he um was going to be in that we were maybe going to produce and yeah he called us in to meet with him and I thought and the premise was let's clear up what happened in the past which I got like yeah yeah it was like that was awkward and I and to me it was awkward so if anything I was like great let's like just talk it out we'll explain what happened Um, no hard feelings yeah instead we get to the meeting and he's like like uh, that guy the character in spring breakers uh, <laughs> is that a ripoff of what I did for you that day we <laughs> were oh like god. oh my god no yeah. yeah and he was like all right and then we were like, when we start talking about the, media, the, the the movie that we were meeting on more, and like after a few minutes, he was like, uh, I got to go. And then again, he just got oh up and God. left. And I'm like, wow. Like again, what a move. But, what but I love that.
0: Move. That meeting was just so under the guise of let's straighten out what happened and then talk <laughs> about the next project. He tricked you into coming to a meeting <laughs> yeah. and then got you yeah. to brought up. Something and, and more or less accuse you of something you said no, and then
2: he just left again. Yeah, again, he just left back again. on the he got, got, he got back on his flaming motorcycle, his <laughs> head turned into a skull. <laughs> um, he had a chain, he had the chain, <laughs> and the
0: whole thing. And it was well. but, uh, it, it, it's like, I but in am a good way, stunned by a few things. I'm stunned by how thin-skinned some people can be, mm-hmm. and I'm also stunned, um, at the degree to which very famous people who you'd think their ego has been ladled with praise, like basted with praise. Like it's always pictured like the ego is in, like a turkey. In a
2: nurturing, loving way, yeah. Yes,
0: like a, like a golden turkey that- Getting you know, every inch of their ego, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know there are uh, really good chefs at Thanksgiving, they'll they'll keep cracking the oven and they'll, keep, <laughs> they'll keep, putting doing mo- it. <laughs> keep ladling more gravy onto the turkey to keep it moist and to just make sure it's absolutely perfect. That's what's been happening to their egos for all this time, and yet- the surprising degree to which many of them are bitter and feel that they've been screwed. Oh yeah, I'm very And, you're, and I'm thinking, what do you, t-, you know, uh, if I made a promise to myself when I got into show business a long time ago, however, I whatever happens to me, I refuse to be bitter. Now that, you know- didn't work gets out. Put to I'm the test. I would imagine, and I'm very <laughs> bitter. I uh, know. I'm not. I'm not at all. You tell
2: yourself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm, not ever
4: ever.
0: All. <laughs> I'm not bitter at all. Not bitter. I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter. No. I'm. I really am not. I'm really just delighted that I get to do this. Uh, look. I'm heavily medicated. That yeah. helps. Um, <laughs> yeah. All kinds of. Just. Yeah. Uh, no. I try. Science to be, has really helped me.
2: Yeah. Like you meet, and, and then you do meet other uh, famous people who do seem genuinely grateful and do mm-hmm. uh, navigate it, their their lives with with true gratitude and, and grace yeah. and 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 genuinely go out of their way to make understand that how they are viewed and and work against that i don't do right. that nearly as much as i probably could i look at other famous people being not, like I, I try i really uh again I, I don't think and i think most people who come in across me probably yes ho- hopefully have a positive interaction yes yes one of the defining <laughs> i remember a moment where i was on the sony lot and i uh I ran into Will Smith, who I had maybe met once before, but Mm -hmm. I was talking to him on the Sony lot. And then around a corner comes a tour group of like 30 or 40 people or something like that. And they see us just standing there talking to each other. And we look at each other and we both look to the tour group and we then make eye contact again as though we both have reached, in my head, the same conclusion but what I realized is we actually reached opposite conclusions because what I did was literally turn around and run away as Will Smith walked up to the tour group to take pictures with every single person <laughs> in the group and I was like that's why Will Smith is the biggest movie star on the planet and has been for a very long time and I am like a guy who you like, ran away I, I physically was like peace <laughs> like I can't I can't deal with this this is too much for me I don't know there's too many people it's just too many people it was just too much for me to navigate it literally. I, I booked it as I looked back to see Will Smith like embracing a family and taking a selfie with them.
1: So, Sona,
0: yeah. I'm not going to say anything, but I you should tell Seth, you've known me for uh very well for 11 years. Which one am I?
1: You are Will Smith 100%. I,
0: to a sick degree, yeah, to a sick degree, I go towards anybody who wants any of my time and and it's not cool. It's the opposite it's not cool. It's, bad. it's not cool at all. You're
3: push Will Smith out of the way. I that. push. Yes. You've I chased,
0: knock Will S- Chase they're, they're having They're having I chase trams the way a dog chases a bus. It's the tour guide. I chase trams. Welcome. And they're like, "Why is that lady running after us?" And um, and uh, yeah, I uh, I if people are at all happy to see me, I talk to them until they start making nervous eye contact. With Sona, like, how do we make this (laughs) How do we get away? (laughs) Sona, where else can you go surfing and skiing the same day, huh?
1: I don't know.
0: Or check out a world-class art museum and then camp at a dark sky sanctuary that night, huh? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, where else can you hike through Redwoods and then get a luxury spa
1: treatment? Where?
0: Well, you live there, California. (laughs) California, Sona. No matter where you go across the state, you'll find a way to play. I'm a California resident. so Sona, you are a lifelong California resident.
1: I'm a lifer. I love this place. This
0: is a beautiful state. Gorgeous. So many different, wonderful ecosystems in one state. You can hang out by a Palm Springs pool. I'm reminded of another thing in your book, which uh, was just fascinating to me because I find him to be such an interesting guy. Is you had this meeting with Steven Spielberg and yeah. and George Lucas? <laughs> yes, uh, shows up, and I, I think you were unaware that George Lucas was going to be there, yeah. or was going to pop by, and well, you can relate what happens in this story, which is which is pretty startling.
2: Yeah. Um, what happened was so this was 2000 it actually was it was the it was the beginning of 2012 and it, mm-hmm. I don't know if people remember but there was a theory at the time that in December of 2012 the world was going to end, um, because that's when I believe the Mayan calendar uh, ended. Um, yeah. Which yeah. is, yeah. in <laughs> retrospect, a shaky theory to be making real decisions based. <laughs> they on. were right about everything yeah. else. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, like uh, like Conan said, I, I, me and Evan were called into a meeting uh, with Steven Spielberg, which was a real treat and uh, an amazing. I'd met him a couple times very in passing, but it, it was uh, it was a thrill, you know. Um, and we got to the meeting and we were waiting in his office for him. Uh, it's like a doctor's office; they take you in first and you wait. You wait for them to come in, and he came in with George Lucas, which amazing. was amazing, it, it, which was mind blowing. Yeah. Like you it just they're, they're they're there together. It, it truly you know, for like a nerdy kid, like one of the most amazing things I've ever seen in my entire life. And at which point Spielberg... If I remember, like, it's kind of like making phone calls and, and doing some stuff as as he's like, I need a few minutes as George Lucas sits down and talks to me and Evan, at which point very quickly, the conversation turns to like, how's it going? Uh, not great. Uh, we're nearing the end of 2012 and uh, the world is going to end essentially. What? Um, And yes, and yes. to which yeah. me and Evan are like. Is he joke- That A question that still haunts me to this day, and I, again, I think I know the answer is, was he joking? I really don't think he. it did not appear (laughs) so we tried to prod and we're like we're you know we're making jokes it's like oh like what's supposed to happen it's like oh a giant fault is gonna you know earthquake no he's he's very
0: seriously saying yeah it's a a fault line it's a
2: fault line I'm like oh good thing the uh, Skywalker Ranch is on the other side of the fault line and he's like oh uh, that's not a coincidence like and we're like oh like what Um, um, (laughs) he's thought it all out he's really thought it all he's yeah and so uh, at which point we may we making a joke like oh well like if you got a spaceship to escape earth like you know can we got a, can we get a seat on that thing uh, and he was like no
4: <laughs> oh no
2: <laughs> which again like it makes me think he wasn't joking because if you were joking you would just say yes to go <laughs> like to at least placate us by 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 granting our wish to go on the spaceship but no he said he said no um and thank god but yeah and, and again to this day I'm <laughs> I am confounded and plagued by that story. I don't know if he had a spaceship. If he did. I don't know if he was on it that day, but it must have been a, it must have been a weird morning. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, that, Have you I'm met him? Say- Oh yes, yes. Yeah, do, do you
2: buy that maybe he thought that was real?
0: I think he. I think it was real. Uh, I, I. You know what? I would say Spielberg's reaction would probably tell you everything you need to know.
2: Spielberg now, was, was Steven- a little bit like uh, he was kind of like uh, sorry for my. My slightly weird friends.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. So that tells you that he was absolutely serious. I ran into, uh, I ran into, the last time I ran into George Lucas and I ran into him and he was like, hello, Conor. I was like, oh, hello, uh, George. Good to see you. And he's like, good to see you. And I think at the end of the conversation, I sa- it was brief, but I just said, I've got to, you know, go, I got a show to do, you know, show to tape. And he said, you don't tape a show, you're retired. And I said, uh, No, and he went, yes, you are, like, he knows that, you know, so yeah, I'm not on a network, but I'm not <laughs> retired, but you know, so I'm not, sh- whatever. But he just, he was telling me that I was <laughs> retired. and I was saying, Well, I'm not, a, I have a show okay, and I also does okay. this and that and that. And he was kind of like, no, 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 no. Almost as if I was, isn't it sad that Conan doesn't know?
3: Someone should have told him that a long time ago.
2: I have a similar, I, I actually had heard a similar story where. That I'm retired? No, yeah, <laughs> example, that you're retired. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing here. And I, want to Gordon, you, I, and I haven't you seen you. you since Vancouver
0: when <laughs> I took Thank you that for phone. coming out of
2: retirement to record uh, this episode. I recording. am the JD Salinger <laughs> of
0: comedy. Um,
2: I had heard a story that George Lucas uh was on the set of the the solo movie and went up to the lead actor whose name is Alden I'm I i do not know Aaron his Rick Aaron Reich yeah, which something like uh, Alden Aaron Reich yeah. and went up to him and went uh hey congratulations on uh, baby driver and uh he oh. said I'm not in baby driver to which I was told George Lucas responded Are you sure? Uh,
0: <laughs> yes that's what he told me. He essentially told me he,
2: he doubted. Don't you realize, Conan? You
0: you don't make shows anymore, and you haven't since uh, <laughs> since you left NBC. And I was saying, um, no, I do make. No, you don't. And so, you no, know what I'm starting to go. think? I'm starting to think he's right. Like, <laughs> he's right. This isn't
2: happening. The world ended on 2000, 2012. And this is all like a weird uh, echo yeah. of George Lucas's consciousness that we're living. I in. think,
0: yeah, the world did end and yeah. we're living. He survived and we're he living survived. in his mind.
2: This is all a construct. If anyone could come up with this, George Lucas,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: the guy's a world builder. He does good world building. There's so many ways in which I can I, I
0: relate to you. And then you have this nerve, I think, or daring that I don't just, I don't have, which is, I have, I mean, I was very interested in comedy like you and it never would have occurred to me to start doing stand up uh, at 16 with really very little encouragement from people around me. And the way you set out to be in show business at such a young age and said, I really don't think, college has much to offer me and this is what I need to do. I think I have an inner voice that knows what I should do, but it's very quiet. And like, I and think it's so sleepy and it's an old man and he doesn't, he doesn't st- talk, he mutters. And you,
2: <laughs> you seem to know, you just knew. Well, mine was very nurtured. Like my parents were very supportive and like, although they were not in show business and have anything to do with it, they, 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 they seem to think I was funny. And, and I think I also had like a very realistic, and I, I, I naturally did this luckily, but you know, they say if, like, if you have a big goal, you just got to set a lot of small goals. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like that, it, it was like I started. I was like, I'll do stand-up comedy in Vancouver. Like, not not the loftiest ambition one could have on the <laughs> grand scale of things. And then it was like, I'll get in. You know, they filmed things like Vancouver is like, you know, it's a city in Canada, but like it is also where a lot of stuff was filmed. Like, so mm-hmm. it wasn't like. You know, some wild. It's not like I'm from like Gary, Indiana, and I'm saying like I'm gonna m- go make yes, stuff. Right. It's like I right. you um, saw
0: you saw that there was this thing called show business. Yeah,
2: and they would film movies at our high school every once in a while, like things like that. You just see trailers around, so like it, it was. And and Stan, yeah, and I'm from an actual city, which I think is also something that. I credit because like you are. I think you have confidence and you're exposed to the real world. And nothing seems as like far fetched when you're from like a city. And I'm from like Vancouver, like the city of, I'm not from like the suburbs or the outskirts. Like I grew up in like an actual city environment, you know? So there's, there again, there's theaters, there's plays, there's there's they're 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 filming movies. They filmed the X-Files in Vancouver for you. They filmed tons of movies in Vancouver, you know. So yeah. I think it was it was far-fetched in some ways, but it seemed like in my head, I was like, if I i could do stand-up comedy, then maybe I'll get an agent, then maybe I can start getting parts on these movies right. or TV shows. Maybe I'll get one day, like in my head, like and also this just speaks to the time. I was like, maybe I'll have a sitcom one day. Like that was like my like yeah. I was like, Oh, like Seinfeld, like I'll I'll get like my own sitcom. And then and then it all kind of changed and evolved from there, but but like the start the, the initial, start at the start, the start was had... very simple and obtainable feeling because in my head I was just like if I could make just enough money to never get a real job and do comedy, writing jokes for F- Moyles, like just <laughs> yeah. headlining whenever I could, I was that was fine. Like I, I was like, maybe right. I'll write on a TV show, maybe I'll you know, like it, it was, yeah, but then it also because I start like I was a writer for a TV. Show when I was 18 years old. Like it all happened very young, young as well. So, like, there wasn't a ton of time. I had stretches of unemployment, but there was always like very encouraging signs that I was on like the right path as well. I think, you know. And the truth is, though, like to what you're saying, and I'm sure you could speak to this in America, comedy is the least respected art form there is. Period. <laughs> and in right. Canada, that is not the case. Like, C- Canada actually has a lot of respect for its. And, I, and I'm not saying it, they, I, I, I say this with no judgment. I'm not saying comedians yeah. should be more respected. <laughs> I'm just saying they factually are not that respected in America. And They always want to be made out to be buffoons as as someone who makes comedy and makes more dramatic movies. I just have seen like, oh, every dramatic movie we make people think was like way harder and way more challenging to make than every comedic movie we make, which is in no way accurate. You know? Yes. Um, And but in Canada, they actually respect comedy as like um a uh, something like a, a big part of their output, a big export of theirs, like a real, uh, unit like global cultural contribution. Um, they see that so many. Uh, Canadian comedians have made like a global impact, and and they're genuinely uh, proud of it in a way that is very nurturing. I think uh, much yeah. more than in America, I would imagine. You know, well, um, I
0: I had yeah. a very strong. I mean, this uh, I I felt like I, I I've always felt I uh, indebted to Canada, not just because of all the great comedy that I grew up watching and the and the great comedians that I, I enjoyed so much, but but also because when I started. Uh, the the late night show in 1993 we were met with you know absolute derision and the reaction here in the united states seems to be um this is too you weird. Know, <laughs> yeah could you go just go eat some cancer please
2: uh, <laughs> which uh, i don't if can an do edible
0: anything. cancer yeah. pop can you just can you but uh but it, but in canada it was it was just like oh no judgment and just um you know, uh, love, love the weirdness. Keep it coming. And so, I, I, I think I always
2: you, 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 were incredibly popular among me and all my friends. And I guess we had no idea that that maybe that I, like, I honestly didn't know that in America that you weren't spoken of uh, as highly.
0: Because, <laughs> well, because I, get, uh... <laughs> I got some stuff I could tell you, but yeah, yeah. I would say no, like, no, we were it, always had about... a
2: weird Canadian sensibility to it. I think yeah. to us, like, I think it reminded us more of like Kids in the Hall and the stuff that we liked because it was. Fucking crazy and weird and like um, totally out of left field compared to what um, we had been watching on uh, the other stuff. And the other thing is like there's a lot of bad like because comedy is so fostered in Canada. There's also a lot of bad Canadian comedy, you know, which we don't
0: see which exactly
2: which you never see, but we see a lot of. So then like I remember, yeah, when your show came on and it was like, oh, this is like a big American thing, but it feels like it is it has this super weird sensibility, which we are generally used to seeing come from our own country was, yeah. uh, was thrilling, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Can I ask you a question actually about a story I've heard? Yeah, <laughs> You can't Do just you? know this is a one way street Seth. <laughs> is there a story involving you at Damiano's pizza place that was on Fairfax across from uh Cantor's deli where someone fell through a ceiling? Yes. <laughs> That's, <laughs> Yes.
0: Why? I'm, I'm like you're firing a neuron that hasn't been fired. I, since and it's it's not like a, It's
2: not like a famous. It's a story because I used to live right there and I would go there all the time. This pizza place it's closed yes. now. It's called Domiano's. You know Domiano's. what it was? It was right across
0: the street from
2: Canter's Deli. Deli. Yeah, exactly. and
0: uh, in my groundlings days when I was like doing improv in sort of that general Fairfax area, Melrose, uh, I would go to Damiano's Pizza because yeah. it was the closest thing to like a Boston pizza. It was sort of like that, the most
2: East Coast pizza in LA. Yes, while, and so I, I would think. go yeah. to
0: Damiano's And why do I remember? I have a vague memory about <laughs> the
2: story I was told is that you were sitting at a table, and I I I, I don't know who the fuck even told me this story, <laughs> yeah. but it, it, the story I was told is you were sitting at a table with someone, and a man fell through the ceiling and landed on your table.
0: <laughs> yeah, someone. It was like a drop ceiling, and someone was doing work up above and came crashing down. And I think I tried to like say because it's like dust and asbestos all over my pizza and the guy's work boot. (laughs) And I think they just gave me another pizza. uh, I think I just got another pizza. It wasn't, you know, today I would try and say, I uh, I was triggered, I was upset. You know, I want the Damiano family to pay me $2 million. But I think I got another, this was in the old days, guys, when you just got another pizza. A, yes,
2: a human about- would fall into your pizza and <laughs> all you got was a new
0: pizza. I, this is what happens when you've been around for a while and, and according to George Lucas, retired as long as I've been. Exactly. You start forgetting. do it
2: absolutely zero. All you
0: start forgetting uh, all this stuff that happened to you. Like I had a friend recently remind me, I forgot this. That we were both in like a bar or a restaurant. Um, him
2: that other man fell through the ceiling. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> Same guy. Everywhere. Same I guy. <laughs> Same guy. George. <laughs> <laughs> George. Again. Uh, this again. time <laughs> I was eating ramen and they gave me another ramen. Uh, but my friend Randy said, remember that time we were in a bar and we heard a loud noise and a guy on a motorcycle had been racing down like Melrose, wiped out on his motorcycle and he and the motorcycle got wedged underneath a car. <laughs> oh my God. And the, and the motorcycle burst into flame. Oh my God. And he God. was lying kind of near the motorcycle and the motorcycle was underneath the trunk of the car, which was starting to catch fire. And I just grew up watching movies where the yeah. gas tank explodes. <laughs> yeah. So I- I've not, I don't even think I'm this kind of person. I dashed out of the crowd, put my arms around the guy who was lying there in his leather jacket and dragged him away from the motorcycle because it was gonna, the car was gonna explode, which is what happens in every movie. Yeah. And I dragged him far away and then he was like, why the fuck did you move me? (laughs) Oh my God. And I was like, "What?" And he was like, "My leg." And I looked down; and his leg was kind of fucked up. What? And uh, and I was like, "Well, I'm sorry. the The car is about to explode." And we look over; the car didn't explode. <laughs> <laughs> they sure, don't explode you not seen a movie. I don't and I went, the- "You know, every TV show I watched as a kid, the car blows up." And I just saved you from that. And we were both looking at this very small smoldering fire. <laughs> and he was not grateful. And. Uh, But my friend Randy was like, that was really brave what you did. And I thought, well, actually, no, the guy's mad. And then I I forgot about it until Randy just reminded me of it. But I'm thinking, I I don't know, I need people to start reminding me of things that I did because I forgot about the guy coming through the roof. At Damiano's Pizza, completely.
2: I'm amazed you forgot it. That's a story I would remember. I would have. <laughs> well, I've had. Look, I'm you a guy. Had a lot that of interactions.
0: Everything. So many things have happened to me. Seth, <laughs> when you get to my stage in life, and you have
2: retired,
0: just years. Yes, retired. retired <laughs> occasionally running into a, an apparently dismissive George Lucas, uh, and um,
2: determined to rewrite reality itself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> look, if you if if George Lucas says I'm retired. Retired, and he has created uh, the the large credit had the largest cultural impact of anyone yeah. uh, in film in the probably the, the 20, 20th century. Uh, I think he's right. I think I, I am retired. Be retired, my friend. <laughs> I have to ask you. Uh, you talk <laughs> you talk about your your you talk about your obsession uh, obsession your enjoyment of pornography yes. in a very healthy way, in yes. a very healthy and open to. way, <laughs> and um and then you talk about how you were so into it. And young people need to know this. Porn is at your fingertips right now. Yeah. Anywhere you go in the world in high def. But there was a time when you had to be aroused by like the curve of someone's ankle in a yeah. fleeting glimpse exactly. in, a, in a movie where everyone's fully clothed, you know? Um, but you were really, uh, you know, you were a guy who was interested in how can I get more of this? And you were so interested that in t- you went to the 2003 <laughs> adult- uh, video <laughs> awards, AVN awards, which you you know if anyone doesn't know that's the Oscars of porn. Yes. Um Which I think the I think the Oscars should be the porn of porn, or the Oscars <laughs> at, of porn,
2: at, at AVN of movies. Uh, but <laughs> but you
0: went to that and um, which. So I didn't see you there which surprises me <laughs> exactly yeah. you won back here well year. that's the year I won <laughs> yeah you killed me. I won <laughs> the fun, funny speech you destroyed that was really good speech funniest I got funniest funniest uh, funniest naked uh, naked, funniest naked penis funniest shot <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> how did you get it to angle off
2: to the side like that and make that how would you make that silly string come out <laughs> well,
0: listen I had a career before whatever it is I'm doing now and that's what I did but it was uh,
2: George Lucas retired the, you from that as well he yeah exactly <laughs> remember when I did porn George you retired <laughs> you retired I now, okay all right, all right.
0: Um, <laughs> but, but, yeah. you, but what I love is that you talk about you're one day uh, perusing some adult material online and you make this incredible discovery.
2: Yeah. So, um, and it's a discovery that other people (laughs) I know have made (laughs) shockingly. Uh Um, and it was, and, and, can i just point out
0: quickly before yeah. you say it it's not this is not uh the discovery was not a one-shot covid cure no exactly uh, this is not it's not at that level if you're all exactly. excited now
2: it's like a true like, <laughs> books will be written <laughs> uh, discovery might be a grandiose term for what yes. this is. Discovery. Um, A discovery um i uh yeah and i yeah in order for the in order for this to be relevant, I cannot speak enough to the obscurity of the porn site I was looking at at the time <laughs> like, <laughs> this, like it would not this would not come up this is not like a top 20 site I would say like it was right. it had a lot of uh, yeah it, it <laughs> seemed highly eastern european um yes, and yes. so i uh yeah, I was looking at a page of thumbnails, and a house that I recently moved into has like a pretty distinct like waterfall. Fountain in the front yard. And I noticed amongst like these dozens and dozens of thumbnails, what looked like the water fountain in my (laughs) new front yard. And I clicked on the link and it very much was a porno movie that was filmed in uh, the water fountain in my new front yard. Um, And (laughs) It was. Doesn't it was the realtor? Shocking. Doesn't the realtor have to disclose?
0: <laughs> you know, they're supposed to say. They tell okay. you if it's
2: haunted. I think they have to tell you. If taunted. <laughs> I, they, I they don't, don't have know. to tell you if there's
0: been pornography shot there.
2: Well, I guess. Well, the truth. But also, like at the end of the day, ultimately. Any house you've lived in, people have fucked in it. Unless you built it, there's someone has fucked in that house. Someone's fucked in your house. Someone's fucked in all your houses. Uh, no,
0: I live in a nunnery. I live in a nunnery that... Uh that that closed down on. I I actually bought it and evicted the
2: nuns. <laughs> you bought it under the premise no one had fucked in it. <laughs> there's two types. It's a it's not a box you can click on Zillow. I don't think. Is I want to know. <laughs> if it was, I, I don't click. So it. you're you <laughs> maintain
0: you maintain that if someone's living in a home in Los Angeles, there's yep, a so. what.
2: 30% chance? I'd say 40. I'd say 30, 30, 40% chance porn has been filmed in your house.
0: I think oh, yeah. so. I love your house, but yeah. definitely porn's been shot in your yeah.
2: house. For sure. And then it was, I met someone I, someone I know lives in the neighborhood I moved into. And they're like, um, Oh, you moved into that house, huh? And I was like, what, <laughs> what does that mean? Again,
4: I was like, well, it's like
2: my, my fear again. It's like, well, is it a murder house? Is, is that, he's like, no, it's the porthouse. And I was like, oh, no, I moved into the porthouse? I guess I did. I guess Do you still live house? there? I do live in the porn house. It's great. Okay. <laughs> Done me well. Very erotic. You know what's setting. nice? <laughs> Lots of candle lighting everywhere. Just you know, it'd be great. All the curtains <laughs> blowing in the breeze constantly? <laughs> Just, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's weirdly erotic. Every element of the house. I, I would describe it as architecturally erotic. Decided.
0: You know, it's funny because sometimes when you buy, like, I come from the East Coast. You know, I come from Boston and and the outlying Massachusetts area. And when you buy a house, you're always going and finding out the history of that house. Yeah. And the former owners will give you, well, here we have pictures of it from the 1920s. And then someone else will say, well, you know, I found a picture from 1895 of the house you moved into. You know, it was once a granary. And I just <laughs> love that in LA, that the version of that is you getting all this really nice, these very lovely people saying, oh, we, yes, we have footage. Oh, it's a we great We have house. footage from 2001 <laughs> of the foyer uh, it's all anal but you're gonna you know <laughs> oh, <God. laughs>
2: i know so many people that like another one of my friends and this is much worse had porn shot and he found a porn shot in his house but like in like an upholstered banquette that was there like that and the same upholstery oh. was in and that, oh. that's an ab- that's a, that absorbs that, 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 that it's was an, an absorbent. Much, yeah, that's, yeah there, that's in there you gotta you gotta steam that out but uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, ultimately, yeah, but like again, if people have fucked in your house, so like, do cameras make a big difference? I don't know. Does, does it, Like, uh, at the end of the day,
0: well, let's see. Yeah. Yes. it's the yeah, yes, the amount, yes, the amount of sex. It's just the the amount of it and uh, and the varieties of it. Yeah, um, yeah,
2: yeah well, I think it does. It's pho- It's a photogenic. It it it, it films well. <laughs> 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 they showed you know what, some good I, angles.
0: <laughs> I have to say, uh, you know, we've been talking about your book which I read, uh, your book, and it's just packed with really fun stories like this. It's very enjoyable. Um, and it occurred to me as I was getting to the end of the book that you're someone, and this is a kind of person I really admire who figured out, How to make their life exactly the way they would have wanted it to be when they were 14. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you, you have, (laughs) you were very early on interested in comedy. Okay. You've put yourself right at the center. You can make television. You can uh, perform. You can uh, make and produce movies. You're sort of, you've put yourself right in the sort of hub of this comedy universe. You were very interested in uh, pornography. Well, <laughs> you live in a home where porn was created, and exactly. also Me you too. went. You're welcome at the adult video awards anytime you want to go, uh, so and they'd, they'd happily have you. And they would, uh, you know, it would be the drinks would be on the house.
2: It's a man, and then, manif- manifest your dreams. <laughs> yeah, and then <laughs>
0: same thing. Like this is this is Oprah's manifest your dreams, but taken in a, probably in a direction that Oprah didn't expect. Uh, and then and then. Uh, you were very interested in how can I get marijuana, which was not easy to procure. And you were interested in this and you found out this is something that you really enjoyed. It was helpful to you. It was going to be an important part of your life. Now you have this company house plant. Uh-huh. You've completely bioengineered your life to be everything you would want it to be. Yeah. That's uh- insane. That is, I think- the highest compliment I can it's pay so nice. someone.
2: I'm going to be super honest. A large part of it is because I don't have children. If I did, none of this would be possible. It's like, and and I and I, people and it's and it is the like I it is I have the time to do all these things because like because I don't have kids <laughs> and if I had kids I could not do half this shit.
0: I've never I've time. never hated <laughs> I've never hated my two children more than I do now because. My son and my daughter have stood between me and a marijuana empire. Exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, uh, regular outings at uh, the adult video conference. Um, but
2: people are always like, "How do you do so much?" And that is always like, as I've gotten older, I'm, I, I, I think it's because you can just do less than I can because you have this whole thing you're doing that I'm not yes. doing. You know,
0: creating other children. <laughs> exactly. It <that laughs> seemed genetically incapable of showing gratitude. Exactly. Okay, listen. I went to a dark place. Um, <laughs> Good. You
2: know that's how, that's how I always <laughs> hope this would <will> <laughs> go. Uh,
0: Seth, uh, you've been uh, incredibly nice to me uh, over the years, and, and you, so me. I've been uh, yeah, and well, and I will point out, I did you did shoot a uh, before I went into my retirement, uh, you did shoot a, uh, a clueless gamer with me. I think it was you and, and Zach Efron, in yes. which. Uh, you drew penises on my forehead. That's right, but um, I,
2: I, I did not feel good about that, I'll be honest. <laughs> uh,
0: I didn't feel great about it when I found out that it was a Sharpie. They were Sharpies <laughs> and they didn't come, it didn't, I think I drove home from us shooting that bit with um, a cock and balls drawn, <laughs> one by you and one by Zach Efron, uh, very clearly on my forehead and cheek. <laughs> And I do have children (laughs) and I couldn't, we couldn't get it right off. And I was driving home on like the 10 freeway just thinking about the choices I had made in my life. (laughs) I've been
2: there, man. I've been there. (laughs) So I have to thank you for that. Uh, I remember being on the set of a movie, having a dog eat a beef turkey out of my ass. So uh, (laughs) make it seem like it was sniffing my butt. And uh, and, it was a moment I was like, you made these choices, Seth, this is you, (laughs) you made this bed. It is time for you to lie in it. (laughs) Nothing Chaplin
0: wouldn't have done. Think about it.
2: Uh, Well,
0: I want to make sure I I, uh, get this book, your book. It's really, uh, it's, as I said, it's, it's available tomorrow and, uh, you should, you should check it out because it really is, uh, delightful. Um, and it's got so much, it's just packed with really funny, honest stories and, uh, I don't know. Congratulations. You've done done it again. Everything seems to work out for you and it's enraged me.
2: Thank you You so much. Good. I do remember you came to our office once and were visibly angry at how big it was. Oh, (laughs) yes. Oh, yes. We don't have that office anymore, but I remember- No, no. I remember I shot some some bit that you kindly helped
0: me out with and I had to come through your window, I think, your office window. And it meant that I was in your office for half an hour while they set up cameras to shoot this quick thing. I think it was for MTV. I don't know. Was yeah, for it was like the video awards video or something, or something like- and yeah. I had to come in through the window, and all I could was this beautiful, <laughs> gorgeous office that like Louis B. Mayer would have had
2: in it the forties. It literally was Louis B. Mayer's office. I was it really? <laughs> yes.
0: It's, 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 it was, and I was, I was like, look, I love Seth, and I know that Seth has had a lot of success. I, I was shaken. I was yeah, shaken was, to the uh, core because <laughs> I think I then I went back to like my office that gets no light in the corner. I'm like, I've been doing this. (laughs) I I remembered saying, I've been doing this 30 years. (laughs) And Seth Rogen, that pothead, (laughs) you just... You had like a, you know, everything was absolutely gorgeous. You had clearly had a decorator. I was, Ugh, I was so, so uh, I think someone in a white jacket brought you a, a joint halfway through exactly. a silver tray and you, well, and it was funny was though, for it, you.
2: The only reason we had that office is because we had been kicked out. of It's because it was, it's one of the only standalone buildings on the Sony lot. And oh. we smoked so much weed that we kept getting kicked out of the other offices, <laughs> but, the, but they needed us on the lot because yes. we were. We were working there. And so they were like, I guess we have to give you this building because it's the only building that we could be in that we wouldn't get kicked out of because we didn't share any walls or ventilation with anybody.
0: Well, uh, that is the last uh, piece of advice that people should get out there. Exactly. If you want the good office, smoke too much weed to be in any other office. Yeah. Uh, I leave you. You know what I said earlier in the podcast? I never wanted to be bitter. Yeah. Uh, you have we'll, brought we'll up a mem- on the memory of your too. office and all the offices <laughs> I've had. I am extremely <laughs> bitter right
2: now. Good. And that's your fault, Seth. Perfect. Hey, Seth. Uh,
0: really, thank you so much. Thank you, man. And um, I can't wait to s- till we see each other in person. I know. It'd be at lovely. your seven hundred thousand square foot office. <laughs> exactly. It'll be it'll
2: be amazing. I'll find Casting you. Casting me in the part
0: of the Irish leprechaun. <laughs> Perfect.
2: So. Uh, thank you so much. This was lovely. I genuinely appreciate it.
0: You know, it's only a matter of time until your check engine light comes on, which could equal an expensive repair bill, and a new engine can cost up to $6,000. Don't
1: I know it.
0: But this is why you need this product I'm about to mention right now. Okay. Car Car mm. CarShield offers plans with low monthly rates that you can pay for your expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. It's so nice to have that protection of Shield. I know. I believe, that's my belief, Some people have other beliefs, maybe religious beliefs. I think Car Shield. Car Shield plans provide protection on up to 5,000 major parts and systems, including items like transmission, Mm. engine, even your entertainment system. Mm. Just call Car Shield and choose the mechanic to do the work. Car Shield administrators will handle the rest and save you money. Look, I saw your car today. You've got a beautiful car, but you've got to haul your family around in this car. This is a vital piece of machinery for you. You need Car Shield.
1: I do. And you know I you know I don't take care of my cars very well. So CarShield, it would definitely come in.
0: You know, handy. and also with their A rating from the BBB, don't ask me, CarShield is the name you can trust to save you money on covered auto repairs. Now's the time to make the smart choice and protect yourself from the sky-high auto repair bills. Visit CarShield.com slash Conan. Save 20% today. Again, that's CarShield.com slash Conan to save 20%. Visit carshield.com slash conan to lock in your price today. Come on. If most people are being honest, no one really knows what you do for work, right?
1: Yeah, it's true.
0: Yeah, especially if you're in a what I like to call B2B. Oh, you know?
1: what is that? I'll explain. Okay.
0: That's a business doing business with other businesses. You okay. know what I'm saying? Yeah. I call it B2B. It's a little thing. It's also, uh, it's a boy band I'm working on. <laughs> anyway, fortunately, LinkedIn has a network of professionals who get what you do and you can reach the right people who matter most to your company because they're LinkedIn. Yeah. That's what they do. Yeah. LinkedIn has over, this is the fun part to say, 1 billion members.
1: Are you serious? Yeah,
0: that's, not, that's more people than are on earth because there are people on the moon using it and Saturn. <laughs> that's one over 1 billion members on its platform, including 70 million decision makers. God, I'd like to meet a decision maker. Since LinkedIn <laughs> members are regularly updating their work history, you can precisely build a target audience by job title, industry, company, and more. Man, you can reach the right people for your, I'm gonna say it again, B2B business. With LinkedIn ads. Gets even better because LinkedIn will give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Mm. There you go. Just go to LinkedIn.com slash Team Coco to claim your credit. That's LinkedIn.com slash Team Coco. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. If you're a a regular listener of Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend and you're always jonesing for more, we have started doing something that I'm having a lot of fun with. On Thursdays, we drop Conan O'Brien Needs a Fan. And uh, this was an idea just because I have lovely fans and they're really funny. And when I encounter them on the street, in life, anywhere around the world, they always make me laugh. And I thought, wait a minute, why just talk to celebrities Let's have a way that I can have inane, insane left brain conversations with my fans. Uh, People that listen to the show or even people that just barely tolerate me aren't necessarily fans, but want to crack at talking to Conan. That's right. I'm talking about myself in the third person. That's a sign that I'm, I'm getting to like Caligula levels of insanity. So anyway, we started doing that and you don't have to do anything. If you subscribe to this show, if it's in your, what's the way to say it, Matt? If it's in your- Your podcast feed. If it's on your Lazy Susan-
3: Your podcast
0: carousel. If it's on your podcast carousel, if it's in your, if, if you have Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, these will automatically show up uh, on Thursday. You do nothing. I just show up there like a bad penny over and over and over again.
3: If you have one of those Home Depot pneumatic tubes, it will just come out Thursday morning (laughs) out of one of those. (laughs) Is that pretty good?
1: That was good. Yeah.
0: I auditioned to be uh, doing the voiceover guy on those uh, Police Academy movies, but they turned me down for Michael Winslow. (laughs) So here I am now. Hmm. Here's a door opening. (laughs) Open. Here's a door closing.
1: What? Oh. What?
0: I want to be a sound effects guy who kind of says what he's doing as he's doing it. <laughs>
3: well, I'll just unlatch this door. <laughs> unlatch.
0: <laughs> I'm just gonna pick up this vase. Pick up. Pick up. Well, better time to perform this surgery. Incision. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if I, I want to do a scripted podcast where I say that I can do all the sound effects and it's a scripted, you know, drama, you know? It's a drama and I'm not even in it as a character. I just do all the sound effects, but I don't use any sound effects devices. It's like, all right, listen, you, I've had enough. I've got a gun, see?
3: Draw. Let's try this. Sona and I will be the surgeons and we'll set up tools and you, you, you do the sounds.
0: All right, so Matt, you set the scene and I'll provide okay. all the sound effects in a way that only I can.
3: Okay. Doctor Mobsesian, will you please turn on the EKG machine? You
0: say yes, Sona. You have to set What are you oh, doing? Uh, no, did,
1: it's a radio a show. Switch.
0: It's a it's a podcast. <laughs> you don't just do it. Let's try that again. Good god.
4: <laughs> Sorry, switch. you just
0: You can't see this ladies and gentlemen, but she just <laughs> silently hit a switch. <laughs> It's well, a I think podcast. Sheuing
3: you to make your no, sound. No, she hit a
0: switch silently.
1: <laughs> I thought you were going to. No, I, you were I need you to. Sound of me I used to say like yes, turning it on oh now, god, that kind I'm of crying. thing. Okay. I try it
0: again, Matt. Oh my god. <laughs> all right,
3: all right. Doctor Massey, please turn on the respirator machine.
0: No, turn cut, us. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> I do that. You don't do anything other than say you have to like a you radio show. Soda, you play the yeah. character and go, Yes, Doctor, I'm doing it now. And then I take care of the rest. Oh my okay. god. All right. Crying. You're crying. I'm crying. You started so crying. Already. You just said you did oh it. Oh my god. You made the motion, which you don't have to do because it's radio, and then you said <laughs> turn on, which is what I'm supposed to do.
3: I All love right. that the sound effects guy is also the, the asshole. The sound effect the guy room. is just an asshole <laughs> oh, yelling at the so actors. Mad. This <laughs> is me. This is why this
0: this show, we'll never get more than no. six minutes into the action of this <laughs> drama, this podcast drama, because uh, I, the sound effects guy, I'm just yelling at people. We'll <laughs> oh, oh <God>. <laughs> so try good. it one last time and then we can give up if it doesn't work. Maybe you should start with, uh, you know, different things since we've already explored the device.
3: Okay. Dr. Mofsesian, will you please bring out the surgical sponge?
1: Yes, Doctor. Reveal.
3: reveal. Sorry, Dr. Mofsesian, <laughs> did you hear the sponge say reveal?
1: I yes, I thought you said
0: bring oh, out bring out. I thought you said bring out. Oh. oh, this is the worst. I thought you said bring out, and I went reveal. <laughs>
3: Let's try again.
0: These are, uh, you know what I'm loving is the sad attempts are better than anything we're going to come up with.
1: (laughs) This is 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 the the worst thing we've we've ever done. done.
0: done. And uh, okay, let's try it.
1: Oh my God.
0: Here we go.
3: Okay. Dr. Mufessi, please turn on the iron law.
1: Yes, doctor.
3: Switch on. (laughs) Okay. Doctor Mavsessian, I'm afraid the patient is flatlining.
1: Oh no, Doctor Gorley. Flatline. <laughs> Flatline. 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 Doctor Mufessian,
3: hand me the defibrillators.
1: Here you go, Doctor Gorley. I was gonna say hand paddle. We were doing so okay,
0: well. Okay, uh, we can edit this part. Try it again.
3: Doctor Mavsessian, please hand me the defibrillators.
1: Yes, Doctor Gorley. Hand over. Charging.
3: Electricity
1: building. <laughs> Clear.
3: Electricity discharge. The patient is making noises.
2: Oh, I'm oh. a These are... noises
3: i And here's me handing over my resignation. I'm getting out of
4: here. <laughs> Not qualified.
0: <laughs> Terrible people. There's a lot of turmoil in the world, and we're just <sighs>
3: wasting people's time. <laughs> Everybody.
0: Everybody's
3: time. On the back end, people. the front end, the behind the The back end, the, scenes. the front end,
0: from other wow. side. Yes, yes. Oh well, I think I've got God. something there, you know? Um, <sighs> and I, I think we're going to have to see if we can't patent that, make sure that no one else steals it from us.
1: I'm shocked you didn't get that role in Police Academy.
0: Pretty good. Shocked. Drink, 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 drink. Sona's having a little water right now. Drink, 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 drink. Swallow. <laughs> ah, exhale. Pretty good, huh?
3: O'Brien Needs a Friend, with Sonam Obsessian and Conan O'Brien as himself. Produced by me, Matt Gorley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Joanna Solitaroff, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Chris Bannon at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. The show is engineered by Will Beckton. in association with Earwolf.